0: Well, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4. I want to speak to you today on the topic of living by faith. Living by faith. That's an interesting concept in our day and age in which we live. And so, uh, if you have your Bibles, and I pray that you do, look with me in Romans chapter 4. And I'm going to read a few verses, and we'll drop down and read a couple others in another portion of this passage. But I want to give you kind of a a picture of what's going on here in Romans chapter 4. Notice with me, beginning in verse number 1 of Romans chapter 4, the Bible says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham Watch what it says. Abraham believed who? He believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Drop down to verse number 13. Continuing on, the Bible says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world, right, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. We just finished talking about the book of Galatians and seeing that we are... Uh, Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is what it's speaking of here. Drop down to verse number 18 in our passage. Speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Look at this. And being not weak in faith... He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old. Anybody feel like they're about a hundred years old today? I was looking to see if any young person was raising their hand. I was like, you better not raise your hand, you're only 20, right? It says, in being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But notice what the Bible says. He staggered not. I just wanted to let that sit for a second. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he, speaking of God, had promised, he was able also to perform. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. God I pray that today that you will not only encourage and challenge our hearts but God will be changed in an instant in the twinkling of an eye in a moment God that you would change our hearts God that we might desire to live by faith now more than ever as we say see the day approaching God that day that our redeemer will break the eastern sky God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet the Lord. Oh, and the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. God, I'm looking forward to that day, but until that day, help us to live by faith. Help us to exercise faith in everything. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here or somebody listening that has never taken that first step of faith, they've never trusted In the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sin, that they would do that today. God, that you would impart, that you would bring this this word, your word, to their heart, that it might fall upon the good soil and spring forth into new fruit. God, I pray that you'll be honored in everything that's said or done. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, because you are my strength and my redeemer. Lord, we pray this in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, and for his sake only. And all of God's people said, Amen. This morning, I, uh, I really want you to know, and the people of God will say, Amen, I really don't have a long introduction. Sometimes I've been to messages where a pastor has an introduction, and it lasts for about 30 minutes, and then he gets into the points. So that's a good thing. I don't have a long introduction this morning, but as we begin to move closer and closer to our missions revival, I just simply want us to consider the importance of living by faith because faith is, is really dictates everything that we do. In fact, it's been said that everybody lives by faith. Believer and unbeliever alike, everybody lives by faith. For Christians, faith is exercised in God. But for the unbeliever, faith is exercised in all kinds of things. Things like, uh, you know, myself, my job, my family, my home, my my car, whatever it is. The reality is that it is still faith. Even if a person is not a believer in Jesus Christ, has never placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're still living by faith. It's just faith in something else. And so the the only difference is what is the object of a person's faith? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7 that as believers we walk by faith, not by sight. Years ago it was theologian R.C. Sproul who said these words. He said, the issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether we believe the God we believe in. Let me say that again. He said, the issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether we believe the God we believe in. And here's the reality, that dirty devil, say dirty devil. I just wanted to hear it. Here's the thing, that dirty devil walks about seeking whom he may devour. He attacks us as believers each and every day because he wants to get us off track. He deceives us. He he tries to rule our lives. He tries to destroy our lives. And if you're not familiar with the fact that the devil is trying to do that, Let me be the first to let you in on that secret. Because he walks about. Seeking whom? The Bible says devour. That means that he he walks about seeking who he can chew up and spit out. Truly it's been said that living by faith means surrendering our lives to God, abandoning our own desires and becoming servants under the realization that everything that we have, including my very existence, is a grace, which means that it is a gift from God. Just like our forgiveness for God so loved, He so graced the world with His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, yes, I've learned through the years that biblical faith is a powerful thing. In fact, the Apostle Paul told the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse number 7, he said that it was their faith, if you look at that verse, he said it was their faith that had comforted him in his affliction and his distress. Oh, yes, that old hymn says, Faith is the victory that overcomes the world in our song today we also saw that faith is what moves oh y'all were paying attention it's what moves mountains somebody said well i got a big mountain i got a big god somebody say i got a big mountain let me help you out with that little puppy you got a big, great big god He's in the mountain-moving business. He put the stars in their sockets. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns a thousand cattle and and millions and billions and on and on. We got a great big God. Oh, yes. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1. In verse number 16 and 17, he's writing, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. What does he say? The just shall what? Live by faith. You and I have been justified as if we never sinned. I thank Jesus for that. God says, boom! I count Greg as if he never sinned because he placed his faith in my son. He's honored my son, so guess what? I count his faith... As righteousness. I give him the righteousness of my son. I count him justified. Paul says the just shall live by faith. As Christians, we obtain our forgiveness and justification before a holy God when we believe by faith. Listen to this. When we believe by faith, the declarations of God concerning the Son of God. When we we by faith believe what God declares in his word about his only son oh that's when things begin to happen listen this verse here that i just read in romans 1:17 tells us that we're to keep on believing when i typed that in my sermon notes because i'm a little bit older i started thinking of these songs they're not don't stop believing Hey, I know where your head's at, all of you. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, wasn't it, babe? Was that really good? Real good, thank you. Oh, listen, if we look back in Scripture, everything that God did from Genesis chapter 12, now listen, I just read to you about Abraham and Sarah. Everything that God did from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through Genesis chapter 25, which, by the way, is where Abraham goes off the scene. Everything that he did in, in, in that space of Scripture was done in order for God to perfect Abraham's faith. Now, did Abraham always do right? No, he didn't. And here's the reminder, folks the thing that hinders God's power in our lives today is not his lack of power, but our lack of faith. We don't have faith. We don't believe. And so guess what? We go out of the Lord's house after we're singing songs about, Oh, praise the name of the Lord, our God. We're singing, Won't He Do It Again? I love that song. I love it when somebody else sings it because it sounds better than when I sing it. We sing these songs and then Monday comes. And we say, Where's God's power today? My question would be, Where's your belief today? Do we exercise faith on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Or do we only exercise it sometimes when it feels comfortable to us and it's convenient to us on Sundays? Oh, we have to exercise faith each and every day. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 58 that the reason Jesus didn't do many mighty works in and around his hometown, was because of their unbelief. In fact, in Mark chapter 6, verse number 6, the Bible says that he marveled because of their unbelief. And so I asked the question, how can you and I know that we are living by faith? I say, well, how am I living by faith? How do I know that I'm living by faith? And so Wednesday night I taught a lesson, and man, I was talking about the worry test. That we have to sometimes look at scripture and I was asking ourselves these various questions uh, to pass the so-called worry test. Because the reality is every one of us sometimes get a little anxious about things. And when when we take God off of his throne and we put ourselves on the throne, then worry just consumes our lives instead of turning it over to the Lord, right? We try to fix something that we're never intended to fix. And so I was talking about that on Wednesday night. And so today, in thinking about how we can live by faith, um, the reality is it's easy to be fooled by our own feelings. Anybody ever been fooled by their own feelings? Like, I just, I feel a certain way, Pastor. It seemed like the right thing to do. Circumstances opened up the door. And so I made this decision. Oh, we have to ask ourselves, are we really living by faith? You see, because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 12, it says that there is a way which seems right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. I asked you last week to pray for the pastor that I served with in Springfield, Missouri, Dr. Gary Gray. He's former president of the Baptist Bible Fellowship International and and uh, I, was, I was blessed to be able to serve with him while I was in Missouri. And I remember years ago, he gave me four questions. <laughs> questions really that anyone could ask to discern, to understand whether or not they're living by faith. And so I want to share them with you this morning. If you're a note taker, there are four questions, and then we're going to get out of here. Question number one, here it is. Am I doing this for the glory of God? Or just to please myself. Am I doing this, whatever I'm doing, am I doing it for the glory of God or am I doing it just to please myself? In verse number 20 of our text, look at verse 20, the Bible says he, speaking of Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You see, even though Abraham and Sarah were, think about it, guys, they're well beyond the typical age of having children, God promises them a son. And the Bible says Abraham staggered not. What that means is that he did not hesitate to trust and to believe that God, who cannot lie, by the way, the Bible encourages us that God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent Hath he said, and shall he not do it? You can find that in Numbers 23, verse 19. God doesn't lie. Abraham says, guess what? God says he's going to give us a son. I'm going to believe that he's going to give us a son. He staggered not. Listen, he said, I believe God's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. I was reading this week in F.B. Meyer. It was F.B. Meyer who said this. He said, you never really trust God until you trust him to do the impossible. You never really trust God until you trust Him to do the impossible. See, so I put a follow-up question on there for us. I said, what about us? See, are, are we living by faith? Or, ask yourself this question, am I living by faith or am I staggering at His promises? See, because His promises are just as valid today as they ever were. Oh, yes, listen, Luke chapter 1 and verse number 37, don't take away the context of when it took place surrounding uh, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and John the Baptist. The Bible says, for with God shall nothing be impossible. It wasn't Abraham's faith in faith that brought about the miracle. It was his faith in God. The world's philosophy says, have faith. Everything will work out. But the world fails to tell us what they want us to have faith in. They say, have faith, everything will work out. Faith in what? We cannot allow ourselves, folks, to be duped by the devil. And he will dupe you. When we place our faith in anything other than God in this universe, the God of this universe, you and I are going to be sorely let down. Has anybody ever tried to place faith in your own abilities before? And been let down? Have you ever had a job that you thought you could do? Like, like I I'm speaking to men, right? That's, that's all I know, right? I'm a, I'm a guy, in case you didn't figure that out, right? And there are jobs that sometimes I think I can do. Like, oh, man, I can build that. I have no building skills, but I've tried. I've tried, man, some of the ugliest work I've ever put out before is me trying to build something I had no business trying to build. Do you know that's what we do in our spiritual journey Sometimes we try to build up things in our own power and in our own strength. Well, I'm going to fix things. God never asked you to fix it. He said, trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He didn't ask you to fix it. He didn't ask you to build it. By the way, He ain't asking me to build His church. Jesus says, this is my church I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it nothing I do nothing you do is going to help him build his church he's quite able to do it all by himself right we have to trust God oh listen listen look at verse 21 the Bible says after being fully persuaded that what he had promised speaking of God he was able also to perform so look back at verse 20 so we see what verse 21 says but look back at verse 20 Because in verse 20, look what the motive was. You see the motive for Abraham's faith? The motive is right there. It says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Where's his motive? Giving glory to God. The motive was to bring glory to Almighty God. It wasn't a matter of Abraham saying, look at me, look at what I've done. It was, let's look and see what God's going to do. Oh, yes, we have to live by faith. And the bottom line is that living by faith always celebrates and gives glory to God. Real faith understands. Real faith confesses that I am unable to do anything without God's help. Oh, listen, when we live by faith, God will be getting the glory. Here's question number two. Question number two, I want to move quickly. Here it is, am I rushing ahead impulsively or am I willing to wait on God? We just finished the study in Galatians where the Bible tells us to walk in the Spirit, right? And in fact, if you look at chapter 5, the Bible actually indicates that we're to stay in step with the Spirit, not run ahead of the Spirit of God. Sometimes, you ever heard this old saying? Don't put the cart before the... Oh, you do know that saying. Well, look at Romans, our passage. In verse number 18, go back a few verses. In verse number 18, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And look at verse number 19, and watch these words. Being not weak in faith... He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. See, folks, I've been long enough to observe that faith and patience go hand in hand. Sometimes when God says something, you just have to wait. Have you ever prayed and sometimes God says yes? Sometimes God says no? And then sometimes you're like Daniel. You're like, God, are you ever going to answer me? It's like, God, are you going to answer me? I mean, I prayed... And then if you read Daniel chapter 10, you'll find the rest of the story that the angel is loosed from the spiritual battle, the spiritual wickedness, the war that's going on for Daniel and tells Daniel, says, hey, this is me paraphrasing, by the way. Hey, God heard you 21 days ago, but got news for you. We're doing battle on your behalf right now. So got to run. <laughs> right. Oh, sometimes God says you got to wait. Wait. In Romans chapter 10, verse number 11, the Bible says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In Isaiah 28, 16, the Bible says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. Watch this. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. This is speaking of Jesus Christ, folks. He that believeth shall not What? Make haste, that literally means he that believes shall not be in a hurry. Sometimes we get in a hurry as if we have to outpace what God is doing in our lives. Oh, you see, the believer who waits for God to lead and waits for God to work will not be disappointed and will not be ashamed. Oswald Chambers put it like this when he said, faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is doing the leading. Oh yes, living by faith is committed to a life that patiently waits, a life that patiently trusts and relies on God for everything. Notice what the psalmist said in Psalm 130, in verse number 5 and 6, the Bible says here, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope, my soul Waiteth for the Lord, watch this phrase, more than they that watch for the morning, I say more than they that watch for the morning. So here's the, look at that that verse 6, right? Uh, Going from 5 to 6, just as the watchman, here's what the psalmist is saying, just as the watchman waits for the sun to rise. By the way, I don't want to find out who the most senior saint in this room is, but let me just do this. Do we have anybody that's more than 80 years young here today? Raise your hand. couple? More than 80. You're over 80. Man, Brother Dave, you look great. You look great back there. You look good too, Brother Dave. He's like, I don't look good. I know that's going to be like walkout. Let me ask you guys something, you ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever, um, I mean... I understand clouds and stuff like that. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and the sun never came up? No. The sun comes up. You might not be able to see it because of cloud cover. But every day of our life, the sun comes up. Now, here's the key. The psalmist is saying, I can trust God who is the one who causes the sun to come up each and every day because God is more reliable than that. Oh, listen, if we're living by faith, it's not a thing sometimes to wait. Listen, God is so reliable. And by the way, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, for whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. Notice in Isaiah, Isaiah 25 and verse number 9, the Bible says, and it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. He will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Listen, our willingness to wait reflects our confidence in God and an an expectation of what he and he alone is going to do. Oh, by faith, we can have confidence in his wisdom, his love, his timing, and his understanding. Psalm 37, verse number 7 and following, the Bible says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Look at verse number 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord. Living by faith sometimes means that we're going to have to wait. But those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Oh yes, am I moving ahead impulsively or am I willing to wait? Question number three, and here's one that I'm going to keep real short. And when I mean short, I mean real short. Because as soon as I utter the question, some of you, and by the way, it happened to me a few times this week, are going to go, oh me, oh my. That's what You might not say that, but you're going to think it. Question number three. How do I know whether I'm living by faith? Here it is. Can I defend what I am doing from the word of God? Can I defend what I'm doing from the word of God? If the answer is no, you're not living by faith. You say, well, that's a little harsh. Well, it was a little tough for myself to swallow this week. It was like a sucker punch. You ever been sucker punched? Oh, listen, can I defend what I'm doing? You see, living by faith is always, always, always grounded in God's Word. From our very first step of faith, the Bible says, "...so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God." No matter how reasonable something may sound, no matter how reasonable it may seem, if it contradicts the Word of God, then we cannot do it based on biblical faith. Remember, I said everybody lives by faith. The unbeliever just trusts in other things. If you and I are doing something that contradicts the word of God, what we have done is we have now taken on the mindset of an unbeliever and said, I'll trust in my own abilities. I'll trust in my home. I'll trust in my money. I'll trust in whatever it is. I'll trust in my good looks. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) It's been my experience that whenever I talk to the mirror, mirror on the wall, the mirror reminds me that I am not the fairest of all. The Bible actually gives us precepts to obey, promises to claim, and principles to follow. And if we violate these, we are acting in unbelief, not faith. Which is why I shared Matthew 13, 58 and Mark 6, 6. That's why Jesus didn't do many works in and around his hometown. Because as he walked around, they all had unbelief. In fact, Mark says... He looked and he marveled. He was astounded, in other words, by the people's unbelief. Oh, listen, can I defend what I'm doing on the word of God? We may have friends. And by the way, I say that in air quotes. I don't even know if I'm using it correctly. Sometimes I use air quotes and Casey used to remind me that I wasn't using it correctly. He would just say, Dad, you're so extra. We may have friends who encourage us to do something. We may have circumstances that seem to favor us. But if we disobey the word of God, then we have made a decision to put faith in something other than God. Anybody remember the story of Jonah? God tells Jonah to go one place. He heads on down to uh, Joppa. When he gets down there, guess what? Guess what's waiting? circumstances are perfect look here look at this pretty little boat I'm gonna get in the boat I'm gonna sail away from God's call on my life I'm not going to tell the people of Nineveh that they're sinners you find somebody else to go God so he hops down in the boat he goes down in the boat and you know the rest of the story trouble 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 oh listen it was not faith that Jonah was exercising it was disobedience Question number four, and I close. Question number four. As I contemplate this move, and when I say move, I mean as I contemplate this thought, as I contemplate these words, as I contemplate this action in my life, think about it, as I contemplate this move overarching, do I have joy and peace within Do I have joy about this move? Do I have peace in the way that I acted? Am am I really able to defend it on the word of God? And does it really fulfill me to talk like that, to act like that, to think like that? You see, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 15, verse number 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Watch what it says right after. In what? In believing. You know what that means right there? In exercising faith. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in exercising faith or believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 11.1, we know it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Oh folks, faith actually causes the peace of God to rule in our hearts. The Apostle Paul wrote to that church at Colossus And he wrote in Colossians 3, verse 15. Notice what he says. He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now here's what I want you to understand. Keep this up here, guys. I want to make sure I have it. Uh, Yeah. Let the peace of God, look right over here to my left. The word rule, in the Greek, that word simply means umpire. Anybody here ever heard of the game baseball? You're not really in the United States of America, are you? You've never heard of baseball. Have you heard of football? It does not matter. You got umpire. Yeah, it don't matter. By the way, I'm wearing burgundy today. Hey, let's not get off track. I'm just praying for them to make it through the game the way the Cowboys are stopped. (laughs) Look here, folks, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That means you've seen baseball games, right? Home play, umpire. Strike! Ball. That means that everything that we think, everything that we say, and everything that we do, if we're living by faith, We have to run it by the umpire. And his name is Jesus. Am I living by faith? Or am I just doing stuff to please my own self? Am I filled with joy and peace when I do this? Oh, listen, chances are that if we're not experiencing God's peace within, then most likely, most likely, we have taken the detour somewhere along the way. And therefore, this is going to seem hard. If we've taken a detour somewhere along the way, then we have taken a detour from the will of God. Whoa, whoa hold on, Pastor. Uh, well, I don't know if I agree with that because um, if you do wrong, if you disobey, then obviously that's just part of God's will, really. I've heard people say that. You don't really have a choice. You make the wrong choice, it's part of God's will. God knew you were going to sin in the first part, and God already knows it. And so, Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't change the fact that it's out of his will. God's will was not for Jonah to get down in that boat. God's will was for Jonah to go to the people of Nineveh and tell them that they had 40 days And God had to get a hold of Jonah's heart and he sends him the second time. And then Jonah goes and the people of Nineveh fast and pray and they repent. And God shows forgiveness and grace and mercy to the people of Nineveh. And then what does Jonah do? He gets all fired up because he's mad that God shows grace to the same people that he showed grace to him. Oh listen, think about our story here. Think about the story surrounding Abraham and Sarah. I put down here, God promises them a child. By the way, this is an understatement. You're like, well, when does the child coming? Because it was a long time, right? It's like, well, God didn't say, That's why I talked about waiting. Sarah becomes impatient, and so she, like many of us do sometimes, she says, Hey, come here, honey bun. Why don't we help God out with this promise thing? We, you, you just marry my handmaid Hagar, and it's all gonna be good. Was it good? See, so Abraham, what's funny is I read the whole story again, and I find nowhere that Abraham puts up a fight. It's as if he says, she who must be obeyed told me to go sleep with her handmaid. Well, that's what you want me to do. That was not God's will. Abraham agrees with his wife's scheme. And the result was terrible. So let me ask our four questions concerning the story of Abraham and Sarah. Did Abraham marry Hagar so that he could glorify God? Absolutely not. He married her to please his wife and to try and help God out with the promise. Note, again, God doesn't require our help. Um, Question number two. Were Abraham and Sarah willing to wait? No. They had gotten tired of waiting And so they took matters into their own hand. They ran ahead of God. Question number three, could they base their decision on the revealed word of God? No, because I find nowhere in scripture. Like I said, I reread the whole story and I never find a verse that says the word of the Lord came to Abraham saying, take your wife's handmaid as a wife and I will give you a son by her. I never find that in scripture. And then four, think about this even to today. Was there joy and peace because of their decision? No. There was misery and pain and war. In fact, Hagar fought with Sarah. Sarah blamed Abraham, of course. And the Jewish nation of Israel is still at war today. Oh, there's consequences when we don't live by faith. It was pastor and author Rick Warren who said these words. He said, living by faith isn't living with certainty. It is trusting God in spite of unanswered questions and unresolved doubts. Folks, I can tell you, there's going to be times and seasons in our life when we just don't understand. But I'm here to tell you, I've been through some of those seasons when I didn't understand. I've been through those seasons when I had unanswered questions. But I can tell you, that I've always come out on the high side of things just by simply trusting in God. Because my God is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Oh, truly, if we seek the glory of God, if we patiently wait on Him, if we follow the Word of God and we enjoy God's joy and peace within our hearts, oh, then you and I can be sure that we're living by faith. As I close, I want you to notice two verses on the screen. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 1 and 2, and the key will be in verse number 2. But in verse number 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god the keys right there in verse number 2 did you see it you see living by faith requires you and i to not only understand but to acknowledge and follow the one in whom we have faith in look what it says looking unto who You want to live by faith? Look to Jesus. There's an old hymn that says, look and live. Look and live. Oh, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you that a man must be born again. If you've never placed your faith in Christ, I encourage you to do it. If you're here today and you say, well, I'm a believer. My question is, like it was stated earlier do you believe in God? Do you believe in the God who says he's going to do this, that, or the other? Have you, have you been exercising faith? Right. Ask yourself these questions on a continual basis. Because if we're not living by faith, the reality is we're living by sight. Father, we thank you for your love. God, I thank you for your word that you have given to us today. and. Certainly, I pray as ever before that you would strengthen us. God, that you would work in us and through us. God, I pray that as people, we would be those that bring you honor and glory through the lives that we live. God, that we would be men and women and young people who live by faith. God, help us not to outrun your plans for our lives. Help us to be willing to wait. God, help us to to compare what we're doing with the Word of God. God, help us to understand that you truly are in control of everything. God, I do love you, and I thank you for all that you've done in my life. I thank you for the forgiveness that I have through Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of my sins, and that because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, you have accounted his righteousness to me. To my record. God, I pray that if there's someone in this room or somebody listening that has never taken that very first step of faith, that that step of faith that says, I realize that I'm a sinner and I realize that I need a savior. God, I pray that you would work in their heart right now. God, that they would they would understand that your word tells us all about what you did. you loved us so much that you willingly sent your son to die on the cross for our sin the Bible says all of sinning comes short of the glory of God the Bible says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord the Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and so God maybe there's someone in the quietness of this moment as we prepare our hearts for a time of invitation God that would say Lord I need you I need you to come into my life. I need you to forgive me. I need you to begin the change. God, I want to live by faith. I'm tired of living or placing my faith in my own abilities, in my own thoughts, in my own ways. I want to walk according to your word and your love. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about our ministry, check out our website at battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.